Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. I am your social worker with the microphone. And returning with me is my co-host, Lauren Deller-Blake. She's been out for two weeks. I know you guys have missed her, but thanks for joining both of us on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. We have three guests this morning. Um, we're going Larry Wingate. He's been on the show before, author of Your Kids Are Your Own Fault, Who Wants to Hear It, but I think it's true. <laughs> like Carol Pena, Give to the Troops, and Dr. Irving Kirsch, The Emperor's New Drugs, Exploding the Antidepressant Myth. So, Lauren, we have lots to talk about this I'd morning. I'd say full, a full lineup. A full lineup. So how are you? We haven't, you're two weeks, you've been away, you've been uh, globe trotting or whatever they call it. I Where's have. You? It's been a fun, it's been a little crazy. It's not like me to be out and about for so long, but it was fun. My first week out, I was in Reno speaking at a women's dinner. And that was a hundred plus women business owners. It was always fun to be in that company. Yeah. So what is that like a hundred plus all these women? They're all wound owners. up. That's what I love. They're, They're always wound all wound up. up. Are they you crazy? Know? What? Are they, do they? Yeah, they're all wound up. They're all crazy. They're all they're all so they're all entrepreneurs. These are all women who own their own businesses or are in business with somebody else. But they're not women who work for a big company or other companies. No, they usually have their own thing. And what I love about them is anything's possible. You know, it's like they can do anything, and I just love that attitude. There's always a good high energy, and they're drinking wine, and you know they're doing their thing. I just I love that energy. Just well, wait, they, anything isn't possible. No, but they have the whole concept of, you know, they just are so positive, I guess is my point, and they're very upbeat and they have high energy just overall as a group. So it's so, always fun. Yeah, it's in Reno. To, you know, I've only been at Reno. I've been to the airport. That's it. I've never been in Reno because isn't Reno like Sin City? I mean, gambling, and isn't that the place where prostitution is uh, legal? You know, I didn't get to see a whole lot. I wasn't there very long. I was there for my event, flew in and flew out, but... It's gorgeous. You know, the, the mountains were, and it was snowing, and you know, it was like a snow globe kind of day with the snow-capped mountains, and there, it's a very, it's not a huge, you know, it's not a huge town, and everybody's into skiing, that's what, you know, even the, the workers at the hotel, and they're all keeping tabs on those sorts of things, but I didn't notice, it didn't feel like Vegas in any way, shape, or form, but it's on the outskirts, of course. So what did you do, women's event? What did you do? And what, what do you think would distinguish a women's event from a men's event? Of oh, they're sports? really different. Yeah. They're really different. Oh, I'm curious. Like because okay, you've got 100 women. It's just different. Just a women, and there was men at this event, which is fine, too. It's not like it's exclusive to women only. But it was just, I talked about goal setting. It was January, so it was a nice time to get them set with what's possible for 2010 and how do you set goals and Keep, keep at them and what's the format to use that would be most effective. So we had a really fun time. I sold some books and it was a fun, it was really fun. And so what do people, what was the title of the um, event? It was something about it's 2010, do you know where your goals are? Yeah, that's a good question. Something that's like that. That's a good that. question for exactly everybody. It's 2010 and where are your goals? Uh-huh. Yeah, like exactly. That. All right, so Reno and then on to next because I know you went to... On some... to next, I went to Hawaii. Then a couple of days later, came home and, well, I should say in there, it came home from that trip with acute bronchitis and was pain, in so much pain in the plane flying home. Came home and proceeded that night to go to the emergency doctor. Not the emergency room, but the, you know, the smaller... They even kicked me out of the CVS dock in the box. I was too sick for them. 
anyway, so scary. So antibiotics How do you get sick? And, Were you terrified? Like you're on a plane, you're in pain, you've got It was a little scary. It was really scary. I had never been so sick. I had never been so sick. And I was on a plane just proceedingly getting worse, and I knew that all I had to do was get to my car so I could get home. And I keep it together so that I could do that. I was, and I was, I could tell my fever was going up and up and up. I didn't, I didn't board the plane with a fever. By the time I got off the plane, I definitely had a fever. So was this from Hawaii back to Texas? No, this was between the two trips. Were you by yourself? Yeah, I was. So I got home and then went to the doctor with my, and he gave me, she gave me antibiotics. And two days later, I was feeling a little bit better and left on Sunday for Hawaii for a week. Crazy. Oh, that's see. I think you're. I think you have to take some of your own advice because here we get back to this whole balance thing. Maybe you're t- doing too much. What do you want me to do? Not go to Hawaii, Catherine? <laughs> no, Hawaii is not too much. You go to Hawaii. Let's say because that's great. I that's actually fun. did. I had a very low key time in Hawaii. It was a um, my husband's president's club trip with, for his corporation. And I, there was so much you could do, and I just took it easy. You know, I just did one thing a day versus five things a day like so many other people. I went to sleep early and got up early and didn't even exercise for a couple of days. Just took a, took a break and came home much, much, much better. So that was good. All right, so you did a good thing. Even though you were sick, you went to Hawaii. You had, I've been to Hawaii. I've been to Hawaii. I went to Hawaii a couple of years ago. We went to this island called Kauai. I think it's I like... I think that's right. Kauai. That's actually where I was. At Kauai, it was I think a lot of the celebrities and movie stars have houses there hidden away. I never yes, saw any of them. Actually, the Four Seasons that we stayed at, which you know was, it's owned by Bill Gates, is what we heard. I'm sorry, no, no, Michael Dell. Yeah, he, yeah, Mike, Michael Dell, and he's got a house right there. It was a little crazy. It was over the top, over the top, nice. Yeah. Now, well, Michael Dell. Michael Dell is from uh, went to the from University Austin. of Texas. Yeah, Austin. Austin, and just gave a zillion dollars. I mean, well, yeah, he's always giving money. Michael Dell of Dell <laughs> of the Dell. These guys are amazing. I think just amazing. Uh, but anyway, oh, so he owns part. Well, anyway, we went up in one of those helicopter things. You could go on like six people in a helicopter. Did you do that? Yeah. I was, that was one of our things on the list. We ended up not. We ended up doing the opposite and going in a submarine. Oh, see, I'm better. I love being in the air. I don't like being underwater. It was cool. I, was first, it? I couldn't snorkel because I couldn't breathe. Yeah. So that was a good way to get underground. And then I did. I rode horses. <laughs> it was fun. So, okay, you did the other stuff, and we did the other. We did the helicopter thing, and it was you go up with the volcanoes, and he keeps, like, taking the helicopter. and That's what, Lots of people with us did that trip. Yeah, it was fun. That's what I heard. One thing that you have to do, which of course wouldn't been, have not been your problem, it wasn't mine either, but when you go on a helicopter and you're at the place where you first do, you know, the office where they sign you in and they get your information, then they drive you to the helicopter pad or the runway where you take off, you have to go up because let's say you have six, you, six people on the helicopter. Yeah. You have to actually, they get your information and then they have a weigh-in, which is like how you know no. you weigh your bags to get on the pl- airplane. It's the really? Same kind of, oh, yeah. And so you have to stand on there, and she screams out how much you weigh. No. They yes. can't do that anymore. And there was this one woman, I mean, Lauren, she was probably, I don't know, 250 pounds, and I know she didn't want to get on the thing, but she had to because, like, you hit the weight on a helicopter really is, is critical. Is critical. So if you have... 
maybe one person weighs 250. You know, I don't know how it works, but they have to balance the thing, and it really does have to be balanced. And I could see her. She almost, she didn't know what to do. It was like the deer in the headlights. Oh, man, I feel bad for her. Yeah. No one mentioned that to me, but we had very um, fit people on this trip, so... Maybe so it wouldn't it have been. It, no one would have thought about it, but that was. It was really interesting. But she wasn't on our flight. But anyway, we had a. But it was really. Yeah, it was very cool. I like that. I, you know, I did not do the submarine thing. So, have you been reading any of the news lately? Since you hardly. I, I'm so out of the loop with the news. So tell me. Yeah, I don't know if there's too much news actually, except for well, um, I mean, I. I don't think there's anything particularly new. Well, there's always the budget. I mean, I don't have anything to say about that. I'm waiting to. The budget and healthcare. We're still back at the same stuff we were talking same about stuff. before you I left. Didn't think so. You know, I have my um, my new iPhone, which I've had since my birthday, so September, and I have my CNN set so that it emails me if there's breaking news. And I got very little breaking news over the past week, so that was good. Why do you do CNN over in MSNBC? You know why? Because I had an iPhone app, and the other one didn't at the time. That's the only reason. Does the MSNBC have an iPhone app? I don't app know. Now? I'll have to check it out. I'll let you know. What other apps do you have? Because the iPhone has, like, incredible apps. Oh, my God. I love my iPhone apps. <coughs> you want to get together with journal? my boyfriend, Barry. Barry loves his iPhone. He I love my iPhone. And he's playing with his iPhone. It's like his girlfriend. I mean, it's like another girlfriend. He's got, we've he's had, like, I know we've had this talk. I remember. Yeah. He's sitting there, and he's getting worse. Is he getting worse? <laughs> yeah. And you know, I had yesterday, not yesterday, on Tuesday, Monday, was my daughter's fourth birthday, and she got an iTouch for her birthday. Happy birthday. So we've got four-year-olds with eye touches. We do. Can you believe it? She yeah, loves well, it. we're going really, like, we to have something to say about that, I think, if he, if we Larry Wingate, because he says your kids are your own fault. I, and I want to hear what he has I to say. I was really on the fence with, is it should I or shouldn't I? Should I or shouldn't I? But you know what? She's playing with mine all the time. And so that's great kids you, What would be the downside of giving your four-year-old an iPhone? Because it's a little I-touch. early, and I didn't want her to not have good communication with me and have the iPhone get in the way of that. So as long as it doesn't replace the community, which is what I was saying about my boyfriend. Exactly. Yeah, she's not sitting at the table when you're supposed to be talking or sitting you know, exactly. and, and doing it. Yeah. Even in the car, I, you know, we were driving to school this morning, and I said you could do one thing for you know, two minutes, and after that, our drive is only five miles. So after that, we're going to sing songs and we're going to play, you know, talk. And she, um, she, she did it. She shut it off, put it next to her in her seat, and said, okay, I'm ready to sing songs now. And she, we chatted. So, okay, so the, uh, the, the idea is that you have limits to, I mean, you give the kids the new, the, the iTouch, the iPhone. There are lots of other different kinds of things like that, the new technology, but you do have to set limits with it. I think you do have to. I think it could really get out of hand. I think if you don't, it does get out of hand. I mean, yeah, it's no, just I like, agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, the what are the stuff, the video games with the beginning of all this stuff, but now there's so much more technology so much more stuff they can be involved in. So you probably have to really sit down and discuss it in a way, or does it just, you know, you sort of just decide at the last minute? I think, I think minute, because I think it's important. I mean, because it's going to just get more involved with all this technical stuff. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, I had to. I thought, it was, I thought it was good to, I mean, she's using mine. She has the potential. We're going to take a short break. We've got about 30 seconds left, Lauren. So, um... You're listening to Catherine Zox, Lauren Beller-Blake, VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Thanks for joining us all this morning. And please don't go away because we have lots to talk about, a lot of guests coming up in this next hour. We'll be back in a minute. 
Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your teams. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. There's nothing like getting involved in a great book. A lot of different genres have come to the forefront as some of the most discussed subjects of today. Whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, the vampire realm, or romance, join some of today's top authors on The Author Hour, your guide to fantastic fiction, hosted by Matthew Peterson. Get ready to explore the works with the authors themselves. Find out the how and the why and what inspired these geniuses of literary art. Tune in to The Author Hour, Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on The Voice of America Variety Channel. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Fox. I'm your social worker with a microphone here on VoiceAmericaVariety.com with my co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake. And joining us this morning is the author of Your Kids Are Your Own Fault, A Guide for Creating Responsible, Productive Adults, Larry Wingett. Uh, he's a New York Times and Wall Street Journal best-selling author and is described as the pit bull of personal development one of the country's highest-paid professional speakers, 
spoken to nearly 400 of the Fortune 500 companies, seen them on Larry King, CSNBC, Fox News Channel, etc., and now on the Catherine Zox Show. Okay, Larry, uh, welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. Okay, your kids are your own fault. Parents don't want to hear that, but um, a guide for creating responsible, productive adults. Why do you say, why the book, why do you say your kids are your own fault? Are you saying that the kids today are, well, it's, it's kind of like a negative thing. The kids aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, and it's the parents' fault because they're not. It is the parents' fault. Uh, pretty much everything in your own life is your fault. You know, we love to blame others. That's why I wrote a book called You're Broke Because You Want to Be. If you didn't want to be, you'd be some <laughs> other way. Uh, we love to blame others for our situation. You know, we love to blame the media. We love to blame television. We love to blame the government and the uh, uh, school systems and all the uh, things outside. But bottom line, uh, your kids are a reflection of what you've taught them. And when they're 35 years old and they're messed up, they don't go back to live in the schoolroom. They come back to their room, which is going to be in your house. And so what we have to do is take responsibility for our kids. We have to make sure that we're equipping them so they will be successful in the world. I'm certainly not a parenting expert, but I am an expert at what it takes to be a successful adult. So what my book does is I teach people how to convey the messages of what it takes to be a successful adult back to their kids. One of the things you say, Larry, are our kids are a mess. They're over-medicated, over-indulged, over-fed, over-weight, over-entertained, under-educated, under-achieving, under-disciplined, disrespectful, illiterate brats with a sense of entitlement that is crippling our society, and this has to change, okay? That's the premise of the book? Pretty much, that's right. All right, so... Let's say we accept that premise. I don't know if I accept all of it because I think some kids are doing pretty well. But Some are, and certainly they are an exception, and I discussed that in there about how many kids are doing quite well, and if you have a kid like that, pat yourself on the back, you're doing a good job. But when you look at the statistics, when you realize that 25% of teenage girls have an STD, when uh, we're raising a generation of kids that at, go, at the current rate are not going to outlive their parents because of obesity. We have 800,000 new teenage smokers every single year. When you look at the fact that our finances are a mess because we're not teaching our kids anything about money, how to earn it, how to save it, invest it, be charitable with it, even enjoy it, the disaster of 13 hours a day, cumulative time for a 13-year-old boy, uh, spent watching video games and that sort of thing because we simply don't have the control to say don't do that. So, Larry, you say, let's start with some of the, we've got a, four different um, examples that um, we do to our kids that we shouldn't be doing so that they don't wind <laughs> up over-medicated, obese, yeah. having too much sex, doing all the, you know, too, okay. So what are some of those things? You, one of the, you know, Well, we create a sense of entitlement, first of all, by... Uh, with the best of intentions, telling our kids how special they are. We need to stop doing that. Your kid isn't special, except to you. And all your kid had to do to be special to you was be born. That's their birthright to their parent. But the problem is we've taught them that and we keep telling them that, and they go out of the real world and they realize they're not special. They're going to be judged based on their accomplishments, their actions, their performance. We have people right now who think that they can go to work and get a raise when they didn't do anything, sometimes didn't even show up. 
You know, every kid gets a trophy when they play on a team. We stopped uh, giving out A's, B's, C's, D's, and F's because we can't give a kid an F because it might damage their fragile psyche because they failed. Well, they failed. And so we have to teach kids, equip them to be able to handle the real world, which is going to be full of value. Okay, I agree with you. So instead of telling your kid, you're special, you're wonderful, mommy and daddy love you, what do you say in place of that? No, I do think you always say mom and daddy love you. Absolutely, you have to communicate unconditional love. But we have to also communicate that the rest of the world is going to approve of you based on your actions. And so we need to tell people not that they can be whatever they want to be, but they can be whatever they have the basic talent for and are willing to work hard enough to achieve. It has to go back to us teaching the right actions to get the right results. My, my goal is that everybody, and I start the book off this way, design the perfect 35-year-old. What do you want your 35-year-old to be doing? What are they going to need to know to be successful in every area of life? Once you know what that perfect 35-year-old is, work backwards. So you have a vision, Larry, for your 35-year-old, kind of like, and then you have the goals to accomplish it with the, your intention and in terms involvement of and what you plan to teach them and so forth. You know, it, I liken it to sort of building a house. You wouldn't go down to the lumber yard, buy a, a toilet and some pipes and some wires and some wood and some sheetrock and walk out to the building site, throw it on the ground and say, boy, I hope this works out all right. If you're going to build a house, you would have a plan, and you would, you would hire the best architect, and you would be the, the general contractor, and then you'd have all these subcontractors that you would manage, and you would be involved. But when we have a child, we get the baby, and we have all that fun creating the baby, and we paint the room yellow, and we get a bassinet and some diapers and some formula, and we walk into the room and pretty much, in essence, say, boy, I hope this works out all right. I suggest you have a plan for the way you would like for your kid to be, what they're going to need to know. I mean, they don't suddenly, at 22 years old, go, now I know how to balance a checkbook. Now I know what's right and wrong. You've got to teach that stuff. Okay, you're right. I agree with you. So, all right, you have to have some kind of a plan. And in this plan, one of the things that you say, and this I think this is an interesting concept because I don't know if people would agree with you. You make your kids the most important thing in life, and you say they're not. What do you mean by that? Well, how many parents have you seen that focused all of their time and their energy, everything, on the kid, and then they reach the goal? And the goal, in my opinion, for every parent is independence for their child. And their kid goes away, and at 21 years old, when the kid is gone and started their own life, here you have these two parents looking at each other who they don't even know each other any longer. They focus so much on the kids, that was the only thing they had left in common. It also happens with single parents, where the single parent puts all their energy into the kid, the kid grows up, moves away, and now that you've got this adult who doesn't even know who they are, and they've lost themselves, and they have nothing, and then they become that spooky parent who won't leave their kids alone. And you know what, Larry? I want to take that a step further. I was just having this discussion with a friend of mine, because making your kids the most important thing in your life, it's easier to do that than, say, to focus on your relationship with your partner or your spouse, which takes a lot of work. And I think what happens is parents or partners don't do that, 
And they end up, I think that's one reason why we have a, a high rate of divorce. You don't even have to wait until the kids leave. Because people, and, and you'd have a better family if you would focus on your relationship with each other, and then you'd be better parents to these kids. So, I, uh, I think, see, we totally agree. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's, okay. But Next when you one. say it bluntly, like, your kid is not the most important thing in your life, and let me explain to you why, whoa, it upsets people. <laughs> We don't like to hear that. I mean, I think that parents and and maybe mothers in particular, I don't know how you feel about it, Lauren, but, you know, my kid is my, uh, you know, most important thing, and and that's, you know, that's my whole focus. And they especially women, don't like to hear someone say your kid isn't the most important thing in your life. Pay attention to your relationship with your spouse or your partner. Um, Here's another one, and we do this. This is horrific. Why are we doing this? We turn to medicine to fix everything. And then we wind up with crazy kids in the end anyway. Well, you know, I am certainly not going to put somebody down on an individual basis. And, and people would love to say, yeah, but you don't understand my situation. You're right, I don't understand your situation. So I'm not going to say it's absolutely wrong. I'm certainly going to say, though, that I believe in this country, across the board, we turn to medicine first instead of just some common sense and hard work. And uh, I don't think, I, I know certainly in my generation, we just didn't have ADHD and ADD. Uh, we had parents who made me, I was an inattentive kid who was kind of moody and, and loud and ran around, and they stuck my butt in a chair and said, You'll, I'll stand right here till you get your homework done. And I, I, They solved it with a lot of hard work on their part. So I think way too often, and the statistics back this up, the first response we have to a kid is, let's put him on Ritalin, let's drug him up. When, it, when you look at the parents and the average adult is on at least four drugs, um, yeah, that makes sense to them. Well, it's that quick fix, isn't it? And I think especially with younger kids, boys in particular, uh, you know, who have a lot of testosterone, testosterone going on, and uh, they run around. That's just the way, you know, that's how they express themselves. And, yeah, you have to discipline them rather than to medicate them. But we, we medicate them. I think more boys are on Ritalin and all that stuff than Absolutely. girls. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. All right. So you say don't be lazy. I mean, it's much more difficult to have to be there, right, and to have to help them and guide them rather than medicate them. That's the quick fix. It is the quick fix, and pretty much we go for the quick fix in all areas of life. You know, it's easier just to hand your kid a happy meal or drive through uh, the line instead of cooking some food at home, which would be healthier. It's easier to avoid the subject of relationships and sex and, and bullies and education than it is to sit down and take the time to do what you need to do. You know, the basics of parenting are communication, involvement, education, uh, then drawing lines and saying to have discipline, and then you don't have to deal so much with punishment if you've done those other things best. But, Larry, comment on the helicopter parents, because that's kind of the opposite of what you're saying. Because kind of, as we're talking about the premise of your book, you know, saying that parents really don't want to take the, the time to be with their kids and really don't, you know, they want the quick fix and they don't want to really, um, uh, you know, uh, cook the meals instead of going getting Happy Meals, all that kind of stuff, or they medicate, but... What about the helicopter parents? It seems to me they're overprotective. They're always in their kids' faces. What they're trying to do, though, is adjust the world to make sure that their kid never gets hurt. Uh, So they hover around the wrong things. If you're going to hover around your child, make sure you're hovering around the fact that they know how to tell the truth, build a life based on integrity, be responsible, productive people who do the best for others as well as themselves. Yeah, that's great advice. And if you want to know more or hear more, 
your kids are your own fault, a guide for creating responsible, productive adults. Larry Wingett, thanks so much for being on the show this morning. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll be back in a minute. The Catherine Zox Show. Don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Are you living with passion, purpose, and play? Are you ready to overcome your fears, claim your power and purpose to make your mark on the world, but don't know where to start? Tuck Self, the Rebel Bell, will inspire and empower you to squeeze as much juice and joy out of life as possible. You'll find your passion, live on purpose, and do it all with a boatload of play. Join this amazing voice for Tuck Talk every Monday at 6 p.m. in the East and 3 p.m. in the West on the Voice America Variety Channel. Live rebelliciously and on your terms. Listen for MD Radio on the Voice America Variety Channel. That's Muscular Development Radio. Every Monday, your host, Sean Ray, will take you inside the world of bodybuilding and health and fitness. The show will feature Hall of Fame bodybuilders, trainers, judges, and the future champions of tomorrow. Plus, you'll be invited to participate in our call-in Ask the Pros feature. And our nutritional spotlight will feature products that can help you achieve your fitness goals. MD Radio is broadcast live Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to the Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll free number is 866 472 5788. That number again is 866 472 5788. We're back. Thanks for joining us this morning on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. I'm Catherine Zox. I'm your social worker with the microphone with Lauren Beller Blake, my co host. And Lauren and I this morning, we're going to be talking to Carol Kana. She's the Director of Community Affairs for Give to the Troops. Give to the Troops. Um, give to the Troops. Um, it's an interesting concept. Um, and I'm going to let, actually, Carol talk to us about what it does and what you do. Uh, you support our troops, in this case, with a good night's sleep. Comfort Our Troops program will send pillows to soldiers serving America overseas. Carol is the Director of Community Affairs for Give to the Troops, a retired probation officer, daughter of a World War II veteran, um, and became involved with Give to the Troops in 2003 after hearing a rally cry for donations to the troops at a local Connecticut grocery store. So, Give to the Troops is a nonpartisan, nonpolitical, patriotic organization aimed at supporting U.S. deployed and wounded troops in harm's way. And I'm going to let her tell us more about it. Welcome to the show, Carol. Nice to have you on this morning. 
Thank you very much. All right, so give to the troops. Um, it, this is for all of us. This is not doesn't matter how you feel about the war or whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, but it's definitely nonpartisan. So what exactly do you do? Um, we send care packages to any serviceman or woman in a war zone. And the unique part of it, it compared to any other organizations, you see a lot of organizations that do, do do this, they send packages. But they send very generic packages. It might be a little shoebox full of toothpaste, toothbrush, whatever. Um, we send 65-pound boxes based on what the troop member requests. They can go to our website, which is give the number to the troops.org and request specific items that they can use. And along with requesting that, they give us some information about how many people are in their unit, what their living conditions are. Um, If they've got decent living conditions, do they want a microwave and some microwave popcorn, or do they have a microwave? Um, Are they living in tents with no electricity? Um, Based on what they tell us, we then send them 65-pound boxes to support their whole unit. Um, but they can send they can send in specific requests for things that that person can use and their unit can use. Um, sometimes we have several females; they want feminine things. Um, sometimes we have people that are very mobile and just want very little mobile things that they can walk around with. Um, little packages of Kleenex, baby wipes. A lot of them have no sanitation over there. Um, they want. Beef jerky, Slim Jims, Nutri-Grain bars, things like this. Carol, are you limited in terms of what you are allowed to give? I mean, that, can they, like, let's say they ask for something that the United States military wouldn't allow you to send to them. I mean, how do you figure, are, are there limitations? Oh, there are limitations. I mean, we can't send, first of all, we can't send any, anything aerosol, which becomes a real big issue because the guys want shave cream and shaves and shavers. And most of the shave cream that you get is aerosol. Um, we can't send anything that will explode. We can't send anything that could be flammable, no knives. Um, Andy Grant had been involved in military things in the past. when she, she had been working at an embassy and stuff, so she's very connected with the Pentagon and everything. So we go exactly by their rules. Um, and that's where the items that are listed. And she'll tell us, you know, if somebody wants certain items, well, we can't do that, you know. Um, but 90% of the time when they're requesting items, it's usually just comfort things from home, and that's how Sleepy's got involved. Um, yeah, I want to ask you about Sleepy's, just before, but before we get into that, I just want to know, you said that there are certain things, um, because we have a lot of women listeners that the, the, the right. female troops want, which would be different than the men. So what are those things? Sanitary napkin stuff, uh-huh. um, lotions, feminine deodorant, um, body wash, um, hair care products. Um, I recently had um, a black woman who requested specific hair care products for black people. I'm not black, so I had to go to the store and ask the right people, what do I get? You know? Um, So it can be, you know, we've had women who ripped a bra and need bras. Um, So it can be very basic, or it can be very specific based on, you know, skin care products that they can use because it's very dry in the desert or, you know, items like that. Um, Do they wear makeup like lipstick and eyeshadow no, and that no, kind of stuff? No, no, there's really no makeup. No makeup. No. no. So it's more like skin and hair and skin feminine and hair hygiene care products and, and stuff and like that. Regular toiletries, things you'd normally buy for a woman. 
other than makeup. Not even a lipstick? No. Lip balms to keep their lips moist, um, things like that, um, but not, not lipstick because they're not showing off for anybody. They're out in the war zone. These are so all if we that are go to keep to the troop, uh, give to the troops, and go to the website, um, right. and, and listeners want to do something, well, what what would they do? Well, there's a link. Uh, there's several links on the website with different ideas. Um, we collect items. Um, there's a general list of items that that are requested. Um, there's also special programs that are that are held at different times of the year. Right now. We've just finished our collection for Warm a Heart, which was basically for Valentine's Day, where we'll send Valentine's candy, we'll send um, hand warmers, hot chocolate, things like that. Then we'll go to Easter time where we'll be sending Easter and Passover items. Um, then we have a program for the canines because we support the canine units over there. Um, so there's different programs throughout the year. All right, so the one we're going to talk about today is Comfort Our Troops, and this has to do with Sleepies. And they're fantastic. I buy all my beds from them anyway. Um, they're a great company. Um, so what is the Comfort Our Troops program? What are you going to do? What, that's what you're doing right now. Right. Well, this is what we're doing as well as what we're doing. Okay. Give the truth. This is just a little, little extra added this attraction. Is, this is a piece of what you're doing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Didn't yeah, mean to say it was the whole does, thing. It is a piece of We do things year-round. Yeah. As long as we've got donations coming in, we're sending out those packages. Um, but our main headquarters is in Connecticut, and the Sleepies, some sleepy stores in Connecticut heard about what we were doing, and they did a little small-scale program of donating pillows. So we collected about 300 pillows in Connecticut. Um, the national headquarters of Sleepies heard what they were doing and thought it would be great to do it on a national scale. They have 700 stores. So what they're doing is during the month of February, if anybody purchases a Tempur-Pedic pillow from their store... They will then donate a travel pillow to the troops, which will come to us and we'll put them in our big boxes of stuff. And I would imagine, I mean, a pillow would be, I mean, what a great, I don't know, they call it a gift. I don't know if it's a gift, you know, that would be. Well, they are a gift. We, th- we think of them as like, they talk to them like it's Christmas when we send our packages. That's, that's what the troops um, say. And actually on our website, you can see letters sent from the troops thanking us for certain items. And it's, it's very heartwarming and it's very humbling because they're thanking us for what we're doing, and we're doing so little compared to what they do. Yeah, but you know, sometimes it's those, or oftentimes it's the little things. It's those just you know having a comfortable pillow, as you say, or um, you know having your you know if you're in the desert and your skin is dry and you can do something to, to make yourself feel better. I mean, it has a big impact. The little things yes. have huge impacts, I think. So that's, I don't think it's little things that you're doing. I think it's big stuff. Well, you know, from our point of view, we think of it as a little drop in the bucket, you know, because if everybody donates a little bit, it goes a long way. You know, so, so we're, not looking for, we're not looking for millions of dollars to run this big corporation. We're looking for the people that donate things so that we can help the troops. You know, it's it's just a wonderful way of doing things, and it's a very grassroots. When we do packing, we call them packing parties because everybody kind of gets together and has a good time. Um, we get a lot of different organizations that do collections in different states and different places. Um, some of the, like, Elks Club or the, the school programs do collections, or um, some teachers will have the kids write 
letters to the troops or like we I had just gone through Valentine's um, cards written by the troops. So there's there's all kinds of things that people can do um, without spending a lot of money. You know, now is a bad time for the economy, and I realize that, but but it doesn't take a lot to help. Um, so you got involved. This is a and I, this is a nonprofit. Um, uh, what a five hundred one c three. Five hundred one c three. Yep. Yeah, and uh, director of community affairs. Uh, you started out small, and now you wound up big as the director of community affairs. I, I would imagine this takes up most of your time. Well, I'm retired, so. Um, a couple hours a day I, I spend doing this type of thing. And a lot of the things, I mean, now with the Internet, you can do a lot on the Internet. Um, a lot of requests come in. There's also a link on the Internet for people who have questions. Um, and and a, lot of, a lot of times the questions are very, very simple, like, I see we can do this, can I send this? Or how do I send this? Or how do I do the programs for the children? Because we're very concerned about children's privacy, so there are very specific rules. Um, and any letters and cards that come in, we're screened to make sure that it's positive messages. Everything gets sent through the mail, so we spend a lot of money on postage. There's $10,000 a month approximately we spend on postage. So most so, of the money that comes in, that's what it goes for. And do you ever see, uh, I mean, when the, when the, uh, the, the men and women come back, um, personally, do you get in touch with them or do they get in touch with you? Um, I mean, do you have, ha- have you had that experience? Of, of, yes, yes. Yeah. Sometimes they've come and helped volunteer packing with us, um, which is fun. Um, a, a lot of them get in touch with Andy Grant, who is the, the head of the group, and they, you know, keep in touch and they let her know how things are going. But if you go to the, I'm going to give you the website one last time, give to the number two, thetroops.org, and you can read all the letters and see what we're doing. Terrific. Uh, it, you're doing great stuff, obviously, and good work. And uh, it's Carol Kana, Director of Community Affairs for Give to the Troops. Um, keep up the good work. Um, and uh, I will go to the website. I, I'm sure you will too, Lauren. I mean, this is like really good stuff. And and good to get your children involved in those kinds of things as well, I think. Um, yes. Yeah. Good. Thanks so much for being on the show this morning. Okay. Bye-bye. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. Uh, what a great project. With Lauren Beller-Blake, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be back in a minute. Coming up next, Dr. Irving Kirsch, the emperor's new drugs, exploding the antidepressant myth. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Total career success. What does it mean to you? Voice America presents a radio program dedicated to help you achieve your career goal. Even in times of economic uncertainty, you can achieve your financial goals. Whether you're a college grad, new in the working environment, or a top-level executive, you will benefit from the practical and proven advice on job search and career advancement. Join Ken and Cheryl Dawson every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for Total Career Success on Voice America. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. 
Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guest jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america There's nothing like getting involved in a great book. A lot of different genres have come to the forefront as some of the most discussed subjects of today. Whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, the vampire realm, or romance, join some of today's top authors on The Author Hour, your guide to fantastic fiction, hosted by Matthew Peterson. Get ready to explore the works with the authors themselves. Find out the how and the why and what inspired these geniuses of literary art. Tune in to The Author Hour, Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on The Voice of America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to the Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll free number is 866 472 5788. That number again is 866 472 5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox. Thanks for joining us again this morning here on VoiceAmericaVariety.com with my co host Lauren Beller Blake. And we're going to be talking to Dr. Irving Kirsch. He's author of The Emperor's New Drugs Exploding the Antidepressant Myth. Dr. Kirsch is a psychologist, professor of psychology at the University of Hull in the United Kingdom. He has, well, he's described as having impeccable standing in the psychological community. He's written more than 200 scientific journals. Um, He has been published in the New Scientist, USA Today, the New York Times, and just before we got on the air, he said that uh, it's Dr. Kirsch, welcome to the show, uh, Newsweek has just come out with an article about your book, a five-page article, so that's great news. That's um, wonderful news. Wonderful news. Uh, Dr. Kirsch presents a devastating argument that most antidepressants are little better than souped-up sugar pills with far-reaching implications for how psychiatry treats depression. He reaches out to those who matter most, people suffering from depression and those who care about them to offer an accessible overview of the data and the opportunity to decide for themselves. Okay, we are definitely an over-medicated society, so uh, I mean, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, Tell us about the premise of your book, first of all. Okay. Um, 
my book is based on, a, on an analysis of the data that were sent to the FDA by the drug companies when they were getting uh, the current crop of antidepressants approved. And what I found looking at those data were a number of things that were very surprising. First of all, about half of the clinical trials that were done didn't even show a statistical difference between drug and placebo at all in, in these studies. Second, the studies that were not successful were hidden from the public. They just didn't get published. And third, and perhaps most important, that if you put all the studies together, the published studies, the unpublished studies, the difference between giving someone an active antidepressant and giving them a placebo pill, a sugar pill with no active ingredient in it at all, is very small. It's not enough of a difference to be clinically meaningful to have any impact on a person's life at all. That's Dr. Amazing. Kirsch, then if, we're, if, if these statistics are correct, 20 million Americans suffer from depression and we're just medicating them with all the side effects that can occur, young people, old people, um, and with all the harmful side effects. I mean, it's very scary. Leading up, you can even die from some of these things. Um, that's, I, I guess I, uh, there's no excuse for it. I don't, I don't know what to say, but... Um, why are we doing this? Does it have money and the drug company? Is that what it's all about? It's all about the money? Well, it is scary, and, and these drugs do have side effects, and especially for young people. One of the things, you know, the FDA now requires these antidepressants to carry black box warnings on, the, on their labels, on their, la- on their uh, inserts, warning that it can increase the risk of suicide for young people, for children, adolescents, even for young adults. And yet, chemically, they don't have much of an effect, if any effect at all, on, on depression. Now, people do get better, and that's been the thing that has seduced people and, and confused people and has led many people to say, including, and I think, the people at, who uh, are at the FDA, we prescribe antidepressants, people get better, and so there must be a, a, a drug benefit. The problem is that when you prescribe placebos, when you um, give people these dummy pills, they also get better, and the difference is, is not very much. And there is this danger of the side effects, and the important thing is that there are alternative treatments that don't have side effects that work at least as well, and in some cases in the long run, much better than antidepressant medication. Right, so, uh, of course, the next question is going to be, what are they, and why do people get better? I mean, it's just a placebo effect. They feel that like they're going to get better because they have been medicated with all this Prozac, Paxil, um, they think they're going to get better, so they get better, but it's not really the drug that's making them get, that's helping them to get better? That's what's exactly what's happening, happening in many cases. You know, one of the core features of depression, of clinical depression, is a sense, a profound sense of hopelessness. Things are terrible. They're never going to get better. So any treatment that holds out hope that leads a person to think there's a way out, I am going to get better, that in itself will, at least in the short term, make uh, uh, people better. And for some people, it can have a lasting uh, effect as as well. The problem is that the drugs don't have a chemical effect on, on depression. That's part of the myth of um, of, of antidepressants. But, Dr. Kirsch, what, we're talking about depression kind of as a 
generic thing. There are different types of depression, like there's clinical depressions where someone may be depressed because maybe a significant person in their life died or they lost their job or there are some external factors. But that may be different than, say, bipolar, you know, depression, which is a different diagnosis. So does this apply to all the different diagnostic depressions? Your no, it does, it does not apply to bipolar disorder. I haven't studied the data on bipolar disorder. It's a different condition. I wouldn't say anything one way or the other about bipolar disorder or medications for bipolar disorder. This is for cl- unipolar clinical depression, major depression, uh, Severe, uh, moderate, de- severe, moderately severe depression, severe depression, and even very severe depression. For most patients who are depressed rather than having a bipolar disorder, who have clinical depression, um, the drug effect is clinically insignificant. Right, so that's, that's been shown in the FDA. I want to make that distinction because I think that's important for listeners. But Okay, so what are some of the alternative treatments for depression? You're saying the medication, the drugs don't work. So what does work and, you know, what should we be taking a look at in terms of treatment modality? Sure. I'm going to mention two things that have already been validated. One is physical exercise. We know that physical exercise can decrease depression um, and do so at least to the extent that antidepressants do. And instead of having negative side effects, they have all these wonderful positive side effects. So that's a, uh, one great alternative. Another, for which there is even more data and better data, is um, talk therapy, and in particular, a particular kind of uh, talk therapy called cognitive behavior therapy. It's a short-term treatment. It only lasts 10 to 20 weeks. It can be specifically geared to the treatment of of depression. And the long-term results, when you look at what's happened to people who've been given drugs versus people who've been given uh, cognitive behavior therapy six years later, the difference is phenomenal. Much better effects, lasting effects uh, for for the uh, therapy than for the depression. Than so for the you're saying it's cheaper, it's safer, and it's more effective. The only thing is, we have to get the insurance companies to pay for therapy. They only seems to me they only want to pay for the drugs. You know, and, and what and, they and, need to realize is that in the long run, it's going to be cheaper for them if they pay for the therapy. That's why the UK government uh, is in the process right now of training 10,000 new therapists to deliver uh, cognitive behavior therapy and other short-term therapies for depression. And they are doing it not just for humanitarian reasons. It makes sense for humanitarian reasons, but they're also doing because they have figured out in the long run, it's cheaper than keeping people on drugs forever. Right. I want to make sure that uh, that everyone can buy your book. We can go online, Exploding the Antidepressant Myth with Dr. Irving Kirsch. Uh, his book is In the Emperor, Emperor's New Drugs. Yeah, well, I keep saying the same thing, but I want to make sure. Could you give us the website so that we could go to the website and get more information about the book and, and also purchase it? Sure. Um, it's published by Basic Books. Their website will have information on it. You can go to any website that, that sells books like Amazon and find it there. The title is The Emperor's New Drugs, Exploding the uh, Antidepressant uh, Myth. The author is Irving Kirsch. Um, and uh, I hope you will t- take a look because what I've done is document everything that I've said. Great. Great having you on the show this morning and lots of good new information. Thank you so much. 
Thanks Thank for you. having me on. You're listening to the cat. You have been listening to the Catherine Zock Show with Lauren Beller Blake and all our guests this morning. Hope you had uh, a good morning with us. We did. Uh, have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.